Thanks for tuning in to the 168 Podcast, a podcast from Mitchell Knight and Jordan Bird of the Clarence Church of Christ, aimed at helping you connect Sunday worship with everyday life. Welcome to another edition of the 168 Podcast, and today we are going to look at the topic of Alien. And no, we're not giving a review of the Alien movies or anything like that. That's not really what we're going for here. But we are going to look at that concept and how it pertains to a follower of Jesus' life. So we're going to touch on that topic from a couple different angles, and hopefully it's beneficial to you and how you think about your relationship with God and following Jesus all 168 hours of the week. So partly this, well, I shouldn't say partly, this theme comes out of, at least in my thinking, because I'm deaning junior high uh, camp week at Mountain View Christian Camp coming up here. Well, at least uh, it might not be coming up here once you watch or listen to this. But um, when we're recording this, it's it's this coming week. And um, the theme is going to be alien. And the idea really sparks from the passage in First Peter where uh, Peter is writing about how, well, first it's a, the whole letter is addressed to um, strangers or some translations say aliens or sojourners like the idea that like it's people who are kind of outcast or not part of the the in crowd or they don't have a place to belong they're they're sort of wandering they're in between like their home space if you will they're they're maybe residents but they don't fully seem like they belong there that's kind of the idea idea he's getting there and then there's one other place in first peter where he talks about um, strange Christians being strangers or aliens again some other some older translations use the word alien uh, more of the newer translations don't really use that but that's where this topic came up for at least me and my thinking of a theme and just in general like junior high students will probably think the whole alien concept is just you know it's different right it's it's not normal it's it's all that kind of stuff i'm not really into the whole alien like thing so like that's not really a draw for me per se uh but just trying to think of a way that like makes it stick in their heads as a theme so that's kind of what we're going with and so the idea is that initially was to think about how christians live an alien or strange life to the rest of the world so that that's kind of one idea but the more i kind of got into that idea what you soon begin to see is that the way of a Christian, the way of a follower of Jesus is really only strange or alien because it's living the way Jesus wants us to live, which is very opposite of the way of the world. But what you find out is that Jesus way, it's not strange or alien. It's actually the normal way of living. That's how we were intended to live. And Jesus embodies that fullness of life. And as followers of Jesus, that was, that's what we're called to do. And we're called to live that way into eternity. So, it's not that what Christians or followers of Jesus do, that's not the stranger alien thing. It's actually the world's way is the stranger alien way. But from the world or any of us, when we become deceived into believing that God's way is not the way or the right way or the fullness of life, we come to think that, well, no, our way or the way of the world is normal and God's way is abnormal or strange or alien. And so there's really the, this idea kind of pitted each other, pitted against each other of like the, the normal and abnormal, the, the alien and the normal, the strange and the normal, that kind of thing. And so we're going to, uh, during the camp week, we're going to touch on a, a few different incidents throughout the scriptures of where, how like how do we even how do we get to this place where we're torn apart from God and how we think the world's way is normal? How did we get to where like Jesus 
way of living is considered abnormal and to the world standard. So that's one thing we're going to look at. Uh, and then we're going to look at a couple of different illustrations throughout scripture, kind of how this theme kind of unfolds. Uh, one of those is looking at the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament and how this is one of the first times where God reveals his way that's normal after humanity has separated themselves from God. And so God starts listing off this code, if you will. And, and from God's perspective, he's like, you know, this is normal. What you all do and how like you lie or you steal or you murder each other, like these things are abnormal. They're not normal. And I'm pointing now that they're not normal. And so that that's one thing we're going to look at. Another thing we're going to look at is the situation where the Israelites look at all the countries around them after they've been called out of Israel or of Egypt and become the nation of Israel and God makes them his unique people. They're set apart. They're holy. They're supposed to, that's what they are called to be. But then they look at all the nations around them and say like, well, we don't have a King like they do. Like we just want to be like them. And so you have this situation where God has given them what from his perspective is normal, but they're looking around going, well, no, like, this isn't normal to the world standard, but that's actually the abnormal thing. And and even when God allows them to go down that path, there's all these warnings of like, but you're going to be taxed, you're going to get conscripted into military action. Like all these negative things are going to come with that because you're trying to go away different than what I want. And then we're going to look at the example of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and uh, the situation in Daniel where uh, you have these guys who go against the grain of the culture of Babylon and how they are able to live the normal way of God, but by relying or trusting that God is going to be with them, even when it's not easy to do, even when it's hard uh, to live God's way, which seems strange to the world, but it's what God says is normal and it's what's good and it's what's life fulfilling. And yet God is with them through that and brings them through that. And then we're going to look at Jesus and how he's the embodiment of what is a normal life. Like our life looks strange when it looks, compared to Jesus, essentially. And then we're going to look at really kind of tied up where I already started with first Peter and just the idea of like what we're, we as Christians are called to be as like examples of what a normal life is like. Not that we do that perfectly, but we point to Jesus who gives us the best example of what a normal life looks like. And yet to the world, you know, again, from the world's perspective, that looks strange and abnormal. It does look alien, but we're trusting that God's way is the good way and the life fulfilling and normal way that, that he reveals that it is through Jesus. So anyway, that's kind of the broad overview and, and a bunch of different things. And I'll let you kind of touch on some things that stand out to you and highlights you want to point out. Yeah. So I, I just was thinking as you were talking, like uh, just another way of saying the exact same thing that you did at the beginning is that, you know, our lifestyle. Well, first, you know, I mean, especially in, uh, in Peter's letters to the church, he talks about that from like a more like reality based standpoint, like you are, foreigners like living in this land you are strangers live out your life here wholly separate from the world but kind of what you're getting at is that our lifestyle only appears weird but when you actually look into it you see that it's actually normal so it's an appearance versus reality kind of thing um and i think one of the reasons that i am so like enthralled with the Christian lifestyle is because, again, I mean, it's kind of like uh, an analogy one of my grad school professors has made. It's like the moon and the sun. Like, you know, if the sun is God um, and his commands, if the sun is God's commands, the moon is like what I'm about to bring up, like the psychological evidence, the 
the evidence of how like God's commands are just so healthy for us and they're they're actually normal, they're life giving, they're good for us, you know, our hearts and minds, our relationships. You know, God doesn't command us to do things just out of his authority. We do things because he says so, but because he is good. Out of his own goodness, he commands us. He's a father to his kids. He knows what we need, and he wants to usher us into that. I mean, any of you with kids, like you, I don't have them, but I mean, I see that. Um, I Partly, I remember how I was raised, and like, you don't let your kid run with scissors because they could stab themselves. <laughs> it's like, well, are you doing that just because you want to exercise authority over them? No, you're doing it because you want to actually protect their life, and you want to make sure that they're living it to the fullest that they can. So for me, that that's just some things that come up um, as you were talking. So, yeah, I think just the idea of a follower of Jesus or the way of Jesus as being the normal way of life. I mean, there's there's probably a couple different ways of looking at this. On one hand, there's the if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, there's going to be the like, well, but is that the case? There's that whole avenue that could be gone, you know, we could go down. And then even from a new convert, there's still the sort of like shifting from what you used to think was normal to what Jesus says is normal now. And then you have those who have, you know, we could say have grown up in the church or whatever, like there's a sense in which their normal has, have it's had included some of the things that are part of God's way, but yet we all know where we still fall short of that. So there's there's sort of that whole thing too. The whole just idea of normalcy makes me think back just, you know, the last couple of years where uh, during COVID the, the terminology came out of like, well, the new normal is going to be whatever the after COVID or the, the things that COVID changed within society or culture and how we do things. And I've heard um, some even make the comment of like, well, we don't want to go to the new normal. Like we like the old already, like that was normal. And like, we want to do that. But as I was mentioning, some people have even said like, but we've already been deceived into thinking that that was normal <laughs> when the, it wasn't like it was issue free. I mean, this is even kind of goes back to when a lot of people will think like, what was the heyday of you know, morality or whatever within like the United States history, at least. And it's like, the fifties or something like that. Or like, you know, point to like Andy Griffith's show and like Mayberry, like we even use that term Mayberry is like perfection of society. And it's like, the reality is there, there hasn't been this normal time. <laughs> what we, what we have come to think as normal is something that we've been like sort of shaped into, if you will, like normal is how God created us. When we separated ourselves from God, we broke away from normal but we allowed sin to deceive us into thinking that our way or whatever way we chose that was apart from God, that that is normal. And so that's what made Jesus way seem abnormal to us. Um, but the reality is, you know, I'm just using the COVID situations. That's where like that terminology became like very much used of just thinking about what normal is. And even like, just from like a more secular standpoint, like what we thought of as normal, then it was what we were used to. <laughs> But can we say it was normal and that it was like good or that it was life giving or fulfilling? Like, well, to a degree, maybe, but it still had its issues, just like it has its issues now. I mean, really, anything that's not in the new heavens and new earth that God is bringing about through Jesus is going to be shy of what God's normal is. And that's what we're trusting 
entrusting our life to Jesus to bring us to and to live into that reality and hope that we get to participate in that reality in its fullness. You have any further thoughts kind of on, on those ideas? Yeah, I mean, uh, just because this lifestyle that we live is is full and it we know that it's really normal that like I can even ask you, do you think that means that Christians are always gonna be popular the way they live, what they believe in, what they say, what they do? Yeah, yeah I mean I, one way I think to look at this is I mean one answer is no, like we're there we're not. Like when we say like God's way is normal does not mean that it will be easy on this side of eternity. So yeah, it will seem strange. And I mean, you'll have all those feelings of feeling like you're the minority and and all those different things. But I think the temptation is to think that, and and the the other side of the coin, I think is, or maybe not the other side of the coin, but another perspective of it, I think we can get caught up in is like, well, how I follow Jesus is the right and normal way opposed to someone else's version of following Jesus. That may be a little bit different than mine, where we then have a disagreement. It's like, well, who's right? Who's wrong? And I think there we we easily can fall back into the temptation of like, well, it's again, it's my understanding. Like we're still relying on the me apart from the surrender to God part. And ultimately, like what is normal is not what I do or what you do. Like we can try to strive for God's standard as best we can. But we ultimately, we are not like the standard. Jesus is always the full, clear standard. Like if you want to a barometer or like some kind of measurement to like compare yourself to like Jesus is the standard to compare it to not my life, not your life, not anyone else's life. Like we can strive for that and we should because for our benefit of experiencing the good, the beautiful, the fullness of life, all the things that come from participating in the life of God that we have through Jesus. But ultimately he is the fullest example of that and it's not anyone else. And so I think even from like a, sort of Christianized perspective, we can almost be deceived into thinking like that we are the standard of, of what's normal. And no, like we're all works in progress. There's always parts of us until Jesus fully, you know, resurrects and gives us an, a, a new body and a glorified body. Are we going to, we're always going to have things that need to be adjusted, if you will, in our life. Right. And I think, um, you know, what Paul mentions in Corinthians to the church in Corinth is that you are being built together by God to be a temple in which he dwells by his Holy Spirit. He doesn't say, oh, you're going to be built at this time and the building is going to be done at this time. Like it's this process. Like we're always tied to the standard we're looking at god to do the work in us it's pretty much like what you're saying until we get to the new jerusalem it isn't like we're not going to be shedding off some parts of us that are abnormal from god's way right so when you were talking earlier about like followers of jesus feeling weird for doing something that's you know from the culture's perspective is abnormal like i think one illustration that this makes me think of is um I like to think about like the whole social media world and like from the church standpoint, like how can we be engaged in that realm in a way that's healthy and whatnot. And, and some of that is following like the trends of where social media goes, like, cause it's always sort of shifting, changing sand, but it makes me think of someone who is the, one of the most earliest adopters of something like Instagram, let's say, which is like the more picture based social media platform uh, for those that maybe don't use it. And if you are one of the more earlier adopters of that from the rest of the world's perspective, it's like, what, what are you doing putting your pictures up all over the place? Or, I mean, you could say even Facebook for this, right? Like, wh- why are you putting all that stuff up there for people to see? 
but now that it's become more of an accepted thing, like no one thinks of it as being this weird or odd dynamic. And I think from a follower of Jesus standpoint, there is the hope that because we have, you know, in experiencing the goodness of Jesus, we know the hope that it gives us. We know that the, the good that we get to participate in, we know that all the, the benefits that come from being a part of God's family and being a part of his kingdom, like we know the benefit of that. And as other people come to experience those same things, the hope is that more and more people will experience that. And, and they have over the you know, decades and centuries of, of the church. Um, at one point in history, though, it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody is going to follow in that way because ultimately everybody has to make a decision where they fall with that. And, I mean, probably some of the most daunting, is that the word I want to use, or like just kind of depressing, I think, statements that you see in the Bible are just some of the like even simple illustrations. Like we've even talked about this before, and I've heard other people mention it's not like really new for me to say, but just look at the parable of the soils that Jesus talks about where you have the, you know, the seed going everywhere and like the rocky soil and the thorny soil and the good soil. And like, if you look at that parable, I think it comes out to like, you know, like basically a quarter of, of the seed actually produces fruit. Well, that's great for that quarter, but there's a whole other, like, you know, the rest of it, just like where, what's happening there. And ultimately those are lives that are not experiencing the goodness of God through Jesus. And so I mean, as much as we want everybody to, to get to experience that, it ultimately comes down to each individual person has to want to take that on. I mean, I guess the role for us then is like, how do we share that to where other people can have an invitation or an opportunity to experience it? I mean, part of that may be coming on Sunday morning, but part, probably it's going to be more how do we offer that, that seed throughout the week in our daily interactions with people? And, and that's probably going to look a little bit different for every different person. So anyway, those are some of the other thoughts that come to mind when I think about this. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's a helpful illustration, just the thinking of even though like it may feel like you're a minority now, does not mean that we will, we are always the minority. Because the hope we the counter hope in scripture is that all will bow the knee, all will submit to Jesus. Like which which one of those do you, do you want to willfully get to do that or like not willfully get to do that? Um, and that's kind of where it kind of lands and. I think we get to participate in something before it becomes the normal thing or normal. I mean, like the, what the, the accepted thing of society, if you will, or the world, just like a few people did like these social media platforms before everybody started doing them. And it's like, you get on the ground floor of it. You get to have a preview of it, if you will. Like that's another benefit we have in following Jesus now and not just sort of waiting to when it's convenient or something like Mm -hmm. that. You have any other further thoughts to add to this topic or conversation? No, I think it's good. So we went a little bit more past what we'll probably cover at camp next week, but hopefully this was a helpful conversation or just kind of overview of of these topics or themes that we see in Scripture and how it pertains to following Jesus, not only on Sunday, but the rest of the days of the week as well. And so we hope it was encouraging for you and has given you something to think about to help you follow Jesus more faithfully each and every moment of the day. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, everybody.